Welcome to the Storytime Clinic, where children's books and health collide. I'm your host, pediatrician Dr. Mfan Umarin, and every week I spotlight a children's book featuring a character with a health condition. My goal is to inspire conversations that will help all of us better understand and support kids with health conditions. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Storytime Clinic, episode 34. I hope you are having a fabulous February so far. Well, the day of love has come and gone, Valentine's Day. I know some of you are thrilled because for the past month or so, we have been inundated wherever we've gone with hearts of all kinds, big hearts. Small hearts, paper hearts, balloon hearts, pink hearts, red hearts, chocolate hearts, mint hearts, all of them. (laughs) So some people are like, whew, I'm glad that is done. Well, maybe not quite. You might have to hang on just a little bit longer because the month of February is actually heart month. And what does this mean? Well, there's certain healthcare organizations such as the American Heart Association that have designated the month of February as a time to focus on heart health and also raise awareness about different types of heart disease. And within that month, although many people might think about heart disease and might think about older people, We have a special week, February 7th to February 14th was Congenital Heart Defect Awareness Week. And so this focuses on heart disease in children, particularly at the time of birth. Congenital means you were born with this. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive into heart disease, why don't we just talk a little bit about what a healthy heart is like and what that's supposed to look like. And I cannot think about a better way to do this than to hear from the heart himself. That is Hank the Heart. And that's the name of the book that we're going to be using today. (laughs) So, Hank the Heart is an amazingly illustrated children's picture book by Dr. Ryan Moore and Dr. John Hutton. And this pair, these two are actually pediatricians at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. So Dr. Moore is a cardiologist, a pediatric cardiologist. That's a kid's doctor who takes care of little hearts. And Dr. Hutton is a pediatrician, and he's also the director of the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Reading and Literacy Discovery Center. So what a pair when these two put their heads together with the help of three amazing illustrators and created this book, Hank the Heart, that we're going to be looking at today. So to preview what Hank the Heart has in store for us, I'm just going to read you the insert. Say hello to Hank the Heart. Loyal, strong, kind of blobby. (laughs) Learn all about your heart from our lovable friend Hank. What it's made of, how it works and stays healthy, and ways it can be different. Okay, well that's it ladies and gentlemen. Let's dive right in. So, what is this thing called the heart? Well, the heart is one of the most important organs in the body. Where is your heart located? 
One of the things I absolutely love about seeing little kids is that confidence they get after they've been to the doctor a few times. They're like, they, they know the routine. They've, they've got this. And so sometimes when I'm trying to listen to a kid's heart, they'll just grab the stethoscope and they'll place it on their chest if I'm lucky. If I'm not, sometimes I'm listening to a knee or to a stomach or to mom's hand. <laughs> So it's a lot of fun for them to be a part of that interaction when they get comfortable at the doctor. Now, kids, babies, if you're listening out there, your heart is located on the left side of your chest. For most people, there's a few people where it may be on the opposite side, but for the vast majority of people, your heart is on the left side of your chest. And what is our heart actually made of? Well, You may have been told at some point in your life that you have a heart of gold if you are a kind and generous person. I hope you have not been told at some point in your life that you have a heart of stone if you are a cruel or uncaring person. I hope not. And if so, I hope you've changed your ways. But I am going to save you the trouble of verifying either of those things and tell you right now your heart is not made of stone or of gold. Your heart is a muscle. It is a big old muscle that pumps blood around your body. Now, your heart is actually made of four different chambers. These are kind of like cavities that can fill up with blood. You've got two of them on the right side and you've got two of them on the left side. Usually how this goes is that blood goes from your body to the right side of your heart, then it's pumped out to your lungs where it gets oxygen, and it goes back to the left side of your heart, and then it's pumped out to the rest of your body where that oxygen is used. So it goes to your brain, goes to your stomach, it goes to your hands and legs and muscles everywhere else in the body. That is what the heart does. And what I like about this book, Hank the Heart, is that it teaches kids about the heart in a way that is simple for them to understand. And it introduces kids to some of the tools we use in the doctor's office to help learn about their hearts. And I already mentioned one of these, the stethoscope. By the way, did you guys know that the earliest stethoscopes were actually just a tube, a wooden tube that a doctor would place one end on a patient's back, lean his ear into the other end and just listen? And now we actually have digital stethoscopes that can record heart sounds and play them out loud so that anyone in the room can hear them without necessarily having the stethoscope in their ears. So we've come a long way. What are other things that we do to check up on the health of the heart during a visit? One thing we do is feel the pulses. And a pulse, as Hank the Heart tells us, is just being able to feel your heartbeat in one of your blood vessels. And so there's a nice little picture in here that shows kids all the different spots where you can feel your pulse. And it's like a fun little activity that they can try out to see where they can feel their pulse on their body. One of the really cool things about the heart is that it's got its own little bunch of cells that kind of act like a pacemaker and they're responsible for keeping that heartbeat going and also telling us the rate at which the heart should be beating. So for example, if you're sleeping, your heart rate doesn't need to be racing. It can kind of rest along with you. So it's a little bit lower when you are 
physically active, let's say running away from a lion, perhaps, your heart rate needs to be a little bit faster so it can get oxygen to your muscles very quickly because they're using it up as fast as possible. (laughs) So your heart kind of does all that automatically. It's really a pretty cool little organ. Fun fact for the kids from Hank the Heart. Do you know which animal has the slowest heart rate out there? And do you know which one has the fastest heart rate out there? I'm going to leave you in suspense until the end of the episode. (laughs) Another thing that we do in the doctor's office is check a blood pressure. Now, remember, your heart is meant to be pumping blood out to the body. And it has to kind of keep up a certain pressure in the blood vessels um, for that blood to really get out to all the tissues and all the places that it needs to get to. So that's one thing that we check as well. Okay, so we have talked a little bit about the normal ways in which the heart functions and the ways in which we check up on the heart. But when I started this episode, I mentioned that we were going to be talking about congenital heart defects. This is a problem that happens when the heart doesn't develop quite like it should when the child is still forming as a fetus. And so this is what we're going to talk about next. Okay, so let's talk congenital heart disease. The normal heart is forming between three and seven weeks after a baby is conceived. The earliest, earliest form of the heart actually looks like two little tubes, two heart tubes, let's call them that. And they do an elaborate series of twisting and getting bigger in certain positions and getting smaller in other places until they eventually fuse together and form the heart that we know. And we've talked about a heart that has four chambers. Now, Murphy's Law, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that process. So we have a lot of different types of congenital heart disease. We can have problems with the chambers of the heart. Sometimes a chamber may not form or may be too small to do what it's supposed to do. We can have a problem with the wall that's supposed to separate the right and left sides of the heart, having a hole in between it or more than one hole. You can have problems with the valves in the heart that are supposed to help blood flow just in one direction. Those can be leaky. You can have problems with the vessels that are coming to and going away from the heart. Too small, in the wrong position, and so on and so forth. So many, many different types of congenital heart defects. One of the cool things about Hank the Heart is that we get to see some of the most common types of the heart defects pictured in there. This is actually a pretty common problem. About one in a hundred children are born with a heart defect. Seems like a small number, about 1%. In the United States, that is 40,000 babies every year. And out of these, about 25% are going to need surgery in the first year of life to survive because they have critical or life-threatening congenital heart disease. Now, thankfully, Surgical operations have gotten better through the years, and the way we treat congenital heart diseases have gotten better as well. So 
less children are dying from these types of heart diseases. And also people are surviving longer than they were before. So we have a lot of adults who were born with heart defects and are now into their adult years. However, surgery does not always fix everything. And sometimes kids might need more operations when they get older, or they might need different medications to manage their heart health overall. So let's talk about why congenital heart disease actually happens. Well, we don't always know the answer, unfortunately. Sometimes it's a genetic issue. We know that there's some genetic conditions that are more likely to give us a risk of heart disease. Things like Down syndrome, for example. About 50% of kids born with Down syndrome will have a heart defect. Sometimes it's due to things that are going on with mom's health while she's pregnant. So if she has diabetes, if she's got lupus, if she's obese, these are all things that can affect how a baby's heart is formed. Also being exposed to smoke or certain types of infections can also affect a baby's heart. Sometimes it's due to a medication that mom might be taking for a health condition. And there's many, many other times when babies are born with heart defects, and we just don't quite know why that has happened. And that's why a lot of research is still ongoing to kind of uncover some of these reasons. The best way to help a young baby or a child who has a heart defect is to get them to specialty care as soon as you can. And this means picking up that heart disease or being able to detect or diagnose it as quickly as we can. So how do we pick up that a child has a congenital heart defect? Well, sometimes we can look at the heart even before a child is born using an echocardiogram or an ultrasound. And this is usually done for kids that are at high risk of having a heart defect. For other kids, we kind of screen them before they leave the hospital after they're born using a pulse ox, which is something that you guys have all had done at a doctor's office where you have this little clamp that goes on your finger with a little red light and it reads off your oxygen saturation. Well, we can actually use that in newborns and do one on each hand and each foot. And that information can be helpful to identify certain types of heart diseases, but they're not going to pick up everything. So we do have kids with congenital heart defects that are picked up later in life. Maybe they're not quite as bothersome when the kid is younger, but as they get older, it becomes more of a problem. So what are some of the signs that we might look for in a baby or a child that we suspect has heart disease? Well, your heart is really, really important when you are all the time, but particularly when you're physically active, that's when the heart has to work the hardest. And believe it or not, for babies, that's when they're feeding. Eating is a big deal. That's like physical exercise to them. So for a kid who has a serious heart defect, you might notice that they get very, very tired or sleepy when they're feeding. They don't feed well. They might be losing weight. They might have breathing trouble or breathe faster when they're feeding. Those are some of the things that might indicate that there's a problem. Now, all these things can be caused by many, many, many other issues. So not every child who has difficulty feeding has a heart problem. But these are some of the things that can happen with heart defects. And for older kids, it might be things like 
not being able to really be physically active, not able to keep up with other kids, and not growing well. Okay, so that's a little bit about heart defects. One thing I do like about this book, Hank the Heart, is that I think it can really appeal to readers of many different ages. So it is a picture book, like I mentioned. It is very, very well illustrated. Um, Hank as a character is <laughs> very fun, and um, we see him doing all sorts of different activities. Um the book is written in rhyme, as you guys know that I love, and I think that that takes a little bit of extra effort and skill, especially when you're dealing with complex concepts like like the heart, like cardiology. So that will appeal to younger kids. And then it also appeals to kids who are a little bit older, like school-age children, because there's a lot of fun scientific facts about the heart in there as well, in ways that a child would definitely be interested in. I can also see this really being used in a cardiology office, one for a kid who has grown up with a congenital heart defect. And when they were very, very young, of course, they don't understand anything about it because they're little kids. But as they get older, this book can really be used as a way to explain some of the things that they go through in a cardiologist's office. We can see um, what an echocardiogram looks like, that ultrasound of the heart. This is a test that many kids will have going to the cardiologist's office. It shows us what an EKG looks like, a tracing of the electrical activity of the heart. And these are all tests that a child is going to have commonly in the cardiologist's office. And then lastly, this can be a tool to educate parents as well, because sometimes these concepts of where blood is flowing in the heart, what's normal and what's different uh, might be hard to explain but this can actually give a good visual starting point. So I think that this book can reach many, many different audiences. And it's definitely one that I would recommend checking out. So again, that's Hank the Heart by Dr. Ryan Moore and Dr. John Hudson. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I will have the link to the book posted in the show notes, as well as some additional resources to learn more about congenital heart disease and how we can support families of children with congenital heart defects. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening in. Have a great time and I will see you in the next episode. For the show notes and links to the books I cover in this episode, please head over to the podcast website at www storytimeclinic.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with other people who may be interested. I'd also love to hear from you if you have book suggestions or health topics you'd like to see me cover. If you want to give me some feedback and help me make this podcast more valuable for you, you can leave a review on iTunes or send me an email at thestorytimeclinic.com at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode.